0: Tell us a little bit about
1: what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watch Kimbrel pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. And yeah, that's remarkable. Alex, on a scale of it's over to we're so back, you and I, after the longest break we've ever taken as a podcast, we are so back, mm-hmm, baby. Mm-hmm. How's it feel? Back in front of a microphone, face to face, you staring me in the eyes, donning a Philadelphia Phillies hat that's that I right. purchased with my own United States dollars. Yeah, quite for a you. you, for you, because that's how selfless I am. Yeah. How's it feel? It feels great.
0: I I am I'm missing, as I mentioned to you uh, before recording. I'm I'm just missing. Uh, my little shadow that sits ne- sits next to me throughout the recordings, but otherwise,
1: I'm, right, I'm a life size cutout of John Angelos. Yes, right. yeah. Well, no, that a three dimensional. The and- oh, right, a three dimensional doll, <laughs> true to life size of John Angelos sitting fully dressed in Orioles uniform next to you on the couch as you record. That's what usually you have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, and uh, I'm not going to make any other comments on on the purposes of the doll. I will just say, I'm happy to be here with you bobby i'm feeling I'm feeling good. We took a little break, a uh, cheeky couple weeks off, spent some time in California, you know, went and got myself a a co-host for life. You could say
1: that's how you that's how you announced for the first time on the podcast that the reason that we took two weeks off well, part of the reason that we took two weeks off is because you got married, right. Uh, and then you went on a little, a little mini honeymoon mm-hmm. to Palm Springs, mm-hmm. and then I went to Europe. Yep, <laughs> two separate countries. One uh-huh. of them was for work, and one of them was for pleasure. I have some boots on the ground news for you from Europe. By the way, congratulations! <laughs> thank
0: you, thank you. I appreciate do you?
1: It. Someone asked us if we wanted to do a full breakdown of your wedding, like Jake and Jordan did on Cespedes Family Barbecue or on Baseball Barbecast or whatever that podcast is. I can't keep track. It's been like seven different <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah. Love those guys. Uh, no, no, I don't think we're gonna do that. Mostly just because I don't, I don't really remember it. Wow, good turn. No, it was
0: beautiful. Bobby gave a gave a lovely speech. He had just knocked it knocked it out of the park. You could say really got in his bag with his uh, with his put his rider cap back on.
1: Yeah, so. as I rarely do. Well, you did too with your with your little vows. That's I had to follow true. that yeah. up. Your yeah. little vows. That's how they say it. <laughs> uh, giving the speech at your wedding was. Easily in the top five most nervous times I've been in like the last ten years of my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> really brought me back to like when you're in ninth grade and you have to like memorize a speech and go up in front of the class and you walk up there and you're like, what if I don't even know English? Right. What if I forget
0: how to read anymore?
1: Yeah, I, I would. It's not like I memorized the speech. I was reading from paper.
0: Yeah. Um. You sounded great. Your candor was beautiful. I really you. thought you rose to the occasion, honestly.
1: Wow. Well, I'm a game time performer. You,
0: you really are.
1: <laughs> They've always said that about me. I had me. no
0: doubts. You left, it, you left it out on the lawn. Left it
1: all out there. on the field. You yeah. know, I took it one paragraph at a time. <laughs> one anecdote about how stupid we were when we met at a time. Um, well, that was a lovely reason to take a break from the podcast. And uh, then we were just kind of out of pocket for a couple weeks after that. I went to Sweden for work. And then I went to Paris on the way back. I'd like to share some boots on the ground observations from Paris for you. I'm ready. Number one. this is why we pay the big bucks. Nobody cares about baseball there. Shocking. <laughs> Didn't see one baseball game anywhere. <laughs> Not one image of a baseball player to be found anywhere. Not even like an Otani suit ad or a francisco lindor gucci ad or whatever he's doing these days right. not like nothing. smile none. what is some of the smile new balance yeah yeah none of it nothing i did see some baseball indeed it's <laughs> going through lindor's different sponsorships yeah he's raking in that cash he right is. now good for him uh i did see some baseball hats so that would lead me to believe that they know what baseball is do you want to know the three team well four teams there's always yankees hats everywhere yeah all over europe it's so painful for me to admit that that is the brand that dominates the world when it comes to baseball. I saw three other teams in Paris. The Parisians, they have discovered the Padres. I saw about 10 Padres hats That's... in Paris. I don't know. What's going on there? Theorize for me. Right, because they're kind
0: of a post-hype team at this point, too, if you yeah. like.
1: I think they're really into Jake Cronenworth. Right, like you, Darvish? I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I am. Maybe.
0: Did you get the sense that these were native Parisians or were they honestly? Did they, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> I saw like five in a row. I was like, did you guys just move from San Diego. Like what is going on?
0: Yeah. Big, big Melvin
1: heads. They're, <laughs> they're preller pilled over there. <laughs> the key to growing the game internationally is Bob Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> We've been overlooking him for too long. Yeah. They're preller pilled over there. Uh, do they like have some French player that I don't know about? Is there a Frenchman? On the San Diego Padres right now. Okay, that's number one. Number two, New York Mets. They just love big payroll over there, I guess. I guess they love big spenders. Yeah. Um, I Mets, saw Mets
0: that tracks. Right. That makes uh, sense.
1: Yeah, and like the New York crossover, the Mets have like brand partnerships with different like fashion agencies around the world, and so that that makes sense. I saw some some fancy Mets caps. Um, the third team, other than the New York Yankees. Was none other than your Philadelphia Phillies. Wow. They've gone global. I felt like a little bit like Truman Show. You know the movie Truman Show? Dude. (laughs) Walking around, seeing. For years of my life, thought (laughs) that I was in it. (laughs) Wait, say more. Wait. Back up. Okay, we're done with my boots on the ground update from Paris. You thought you were in Truman Show?
0: I like I I you know I watched it when I was I don't know really young probably like twelve or thirteen and so far I like, was
1: four and I just discovered <laughs> no, last year that I wasn't in the Truman Show. <laughs> they finally let me leave the state of California. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. I took a boat and I didn't run into anything.
1: <laughs> okay, so you watched it when you were twelve? No, I just and you like, were like it was this is those, definitely me. It was just one of those things where I was it's like main
0: character wow, energy. What if? I, yeah. Good
1: God. Yeah. Are you surprised
0: given where we're sitting right now? <laughs> No, it's just like, what if, what if this was the case? Honestly, I think it was a psyop to like make me behave better. Cause I was like, what if there's a camera watching every single
1: move that I take? So you are willing to say that between the ages of 12 and when did you decide that you weren't in Truman Show anymore? <laughs> you know, it did lingered for a little while. Probably when I got to high school, I was kind of like, twelve to 15, a little, little embarrassing. 12 to 15. So you're willing to say that you behaved like there was a camera on okay. you at all times <laughs> between the ages of 12 and 15? No, it was just
0: an idea that would pop into my head every once in a while. It was like, just remember, daddy's always watching. <laughs>
1: Little did you know that you would then, three years later, discover that the NSA is always watching. Right, that right. actually I was not a Truman Show. It was just not the one I thought it was. <laughs> um, wow, that's revelatory. Any other things from cinema that you'd like to share? Any other um, ways that movies have warped your view on the real world? I, we were talking before we started recording about how I watched Fight Club last night right, after you yeah. left my apartment at about 10.30 p.m. Which yeah. is <laughs> such a choice. Just uh, goes to show... My approach towards life, yep. and sleep. Um, did did that? Was that a seminal text for you too? You saw Fight Club, and you were like, "This is how I got to be." That's how you met all your friends in high school.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It was I mean, like that's that. How we and met. Catcher in the Rye, right. and I was like, we these a, are my Bibles.
1: <laughs> we have a great cover story for how we met, but the truth is, we started NYU's first Fight Club. Yes, we did. No, no, no other movies then. No, those
0: are the only. That was the only movie I watched. No, I major I, um, Live in that one, that's for sure. Exactly. I loved click, honestly. I was I oh. spent years of my life wondering. I spent years of my life doing a lot of things, apparently. Yeah. Uh you're actually fifty.
1: <laughs> I was just think about like what that's if I get married. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting halfway through life, it's like time to tie the knot.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I had a creative, I had a creative mind, you know,
1: I was very imaginative. You still do. Thanks. You still are. Thank you. What is the movie that you would want to live in the most? Because it's not Truman show. I have to imagine it's not click. You don't want that kind of power. No, that's you can't even make a decision on what to like eat at dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Like, let alone whether you should rewind your whole life and do it over again. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I'd rewind back to when I was twelve and not watch the Truman show (laughs) so I could get those three (laughs) years back. (laughs) How many times I went to bed at curfew Jesus? Literally.
0: Yeah, I was just always really thinking about the mechanics of it, too. Like, where would the camera be? You know, like, oh, this, right, right here this, this mirror doesn't open.
1: right here in this microphone, brother. Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> I like the notion that uh, we need to have this on camera also. Right. As if we're not, like, recording it and releasing it to the world intentionally. <laughs> right.
0: Some would say we could record it on video and, and release to the world. Some have said that. Some, many have said that. Yeah. Uh,
1: any updates on that? Now that you're a married man,
0: <laughs> right? I, I, I do have a new name, image, likeness contract that I kind of had to enter into, so that stuff has to be negotiated with my lawyers. Love
1: <laughs> the idea that when you get married, <laughs> you just have to sign a new name, image, and likeness contract. Right? Exactly. We signed a no trade clause as well. No trade. That's good. Yeah, that's good to know. It is good to know. You didn't answer, You dodged the question. What movie would you like your life to be? like? Oh, right. Sorry. I want to be j robert oppenheimer <laughs> it feels like you could just do that just go back to school can you become a uh top hat guy like oppenheimer i think i could i was a fedora guy for a little while which <laughs> <laughs> i knew that Wait, i you actually did, knew did this i've that, seen yeah. many photos of you wearing
0: fedoras i was once again those middle school years are are like my dark ages. You know, no <laughs> one really knows kind of what
1: happened there. It's like your blue period or whatever from <laughs> yes, Matisse. Exactly. <laughs> this is why I know, I I know I've said something to this effect on the podcast before, but easily the person, you know, like when people ask you, oh, who's the one figure through history that you would want to get dinner with or who would you want to pick their brain or would you, you know, would you take $10,000 or would you have dinner with fucking Elon Musk or whatever, like these dumb quote tweet bait stuff. Yeah that you see all the time. My answer for that is always 13-year-old Alex. (laughs) I just feel like I know so much about him. Right. But I want to experience it, you know? Middle school Alex. What was he getting into, you know? You know, playing, yeah,
0: playing games of Knockout, right?
1: (laughs) Accidentally torrenting so
0: much. (laughs) Accidentally getting my ISP, like, (laughs) mad at me.
1: Playing games of Knockout. (laughs) Um, I, I don't know what people expected from this episode, but having taken three weeks off, I hope that this was it. Yep. We are going to do today on the podcast, we are going to bring back an old favorite segment. It is called three up three down. We are going to try, we're going to make a good faith attempt at discussing as many of the topics over the last three weeks that we have not hit on as possible. But before we do that, I am Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. And when we come back, Alex is actually going to answer the question of what movie he would want his life to be. This is Tipping Pitches. Gladiator?
0: Mm-hmm. 300. Passion of the Christ.
1: <laughs> Snyder Cut? <laughs> Like I want to be the Henry Cavill Superman. Yeah. Um, the thing. Alien. Mm. Alien. As the alien.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. Aliens. Yeah.
1: Inglorious Bastards. Just naming, you know, American Hustle. We're like doing name a guy, but name a movie. Right. American Hustle. <laughs> I lo- I'm loving your the, like, three-second delay you're on the front. Well, every time you say a movie name, I just picture you, like, <laughs> on the poster, like, you're next to Fat Christian Bale. <laughs> just wearing a schlubby-looking like, wear- suit <laughs> yep. and, like, a lot of gold jewelry for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I-, I think I got it. Okay. I think I got it. It's not a baseball movie. It's mm-hmm. not Moneyball. It's not Sandlot. It's not any of this stuff. We've already experienced all that stuff. Yeah. I think it's Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I think you got to work for Jordan Belfort's investment I'm in investment my Jordan Belfort era? Yeah. You've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfort. Remember that song? I, we used to play that song a lot at the student newspaper offices.
0: Yeah, I really, I don't like have a sense. That was of,
1: like a war crime by us. It Psychological warfare. actually was torture. <laughs> it's important to be able to acknowledge these things. Exactly. Acknowledge your past mistakes. Right, exactly. Our mea culpa. Sorry to everybody who worked for the Washington Square News between the years of 2015 and 2017. Well, yeah, for so many things, for many reasons, mainly songs that we would play. Um, yeah, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street for you. I think you'd fit in well. I think so. I mean,
0: I've picked up a lot from A Rod over the last few years. True, I think, and his approach to business, which I think is right. mainly like post pictures of like gains on Instagram, right and the
1: assets and liabilities mindset
0: yeah i don't know i think i could swing it also like they were just kind of making that stuff up right like right. like they were just saying here's a here's a, here's a stock a stock is a piece of paper and i'll give it to you for four cents right you, that's, kinda, that's how i understand the stock market too. have always worked
1: you function well in that kind of environment is what you're saying yeah Financial crimes. Well again like things like, of that nature. I bring an outsider perspective. Okay, yeah. You know. You're like a gut check for them. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm the gut check for Jordan Belfer. Okay, great. Um, thank you to our new patrons this week, the last couple of weeks, Jim and Nat. As promised, I spilled water all over my notes and so they're a little blurry. But as promised, we are going to do three up, three down this week. Alex, two questions for you. Three questions, actually. Number one, do you remember how to do this segment? And if so, can you explain to the people what it is? Uh, No, I don't. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, we... I thought maybe coming back three weeks refreshed, you'd know, you be able to do some of the hosting duties, but I guess I just got to do it all. No, I'm... As we've learned, you're the star of the Truman Show, and I have to be (laughs) the narrator. You're right, you're the
0: producer, yeah. (laughs) No, three up, three down, A, a... Long uh, forgotten, occasionally revived segment in which we visit stories from around the baseball world in in a cheeky little way. We uh, we take three stories that have brought us enjoyment over the past week, past couple weeks, past period of time since we've previously done this segment, and three topics that are sapping our joy a little bit. Yes, detracting. Bumming us out, you could say.
1: Yes. Um... We each we each choose three topics. Yes. So in total, there will be 12 topics discussed. <laughs> Many of you might imagine that we had a lot of shared topics this week. And so we are just going to kind of uh, bounce back and forth and share some, especially these downs, you know, they're pretty obvious mm-hmm. in the last three weeks. There's a lot of, just a lot of owner nonsense, I have to say. Yeah. As a preface to this entire thing, just a lot of owners just getting calls from reporters and picking up... <laughs> Like, what are you guys doing? What a choice. It's August, you know, like dog days. They're a little bored. Yeah. Trying to throw a little wrench in the whole system. Uh-huh. Um, do you... That was... So, okay. That, my my first question was, do you remember how to do this? Right. My second question is, do you want to go first or second?
0: I'll, I'll let you kick this one off. Okay. And I'm my third question is, do you want to start do with start? down or yep. up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bro, you can't hit me with that many decisions in... I couldn't think they're
1: literally yes or no questions. Like they're literally the A or B. Okay, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That means up. Okay, we're starting with up and I'm starting. In case you can't follow at home, that means I will start with the thing that is bringing me the most joy over the last couple of weeks. And usually, you know, these are not power ranked necessarily, but for me, I would say this one stands out above all of the rest. My first up this week is that the Yankees actually suck. Like, they're actually bad. (laughs) They're under 500. Everybody is performing bad, poorly, except Aaron Judge, for the most part, and Garrett Cole. Uh, I imagine, in my head, I'm picturing Garrett Cole winning the Cy Young on the worst team he's ever played for. (laughs) And the worst team the Yankees have had since, like, 2014. Uh, Bro, this is the worst team they've had since, like, the 80s. Yeah, well, they haven't finished under 500 since the 1990s. Yeah for over th- like 30 years. Uh, and it's not just that the Yankees suck and, and I'm a Yankees hater, like basically everybody who is not a Yankees fan is, but watching the way that the Yankees fans process this is always to me such a treat. And I'm not talking about like reasonable Yankees fans who are self-aware about what Yankees fandom is and what that means. I'm talking about like true blue calling into WFAN Yankees fans, like losing their sense of identity because the Yankees are not good, and they're treating it like this is a life-or-death matter, that Brian Cashman still has a job, I just don't, I don't think we can take that for granted because, as you said, they're they, they are almost never under five hundred, And because they are, and they're legitimately not a good baseball team who is not going to make the playoffs and has less than 5% chance of making the playoffs, according to fan graphs. we need to just mark this moment, both on the podcast and just as people, as something to give us momentum into the future. <laughs> Yankees stink and it's causing just the most unstable 58-year-old men who live on Long Island and Staten Island to behave in a deranged manner.
0: Yeah, they uh, they wrapped up a nine-game losing streak <laughs> this past week. Impressive. Which they hadn't done since uh,
1: 1982. And that's ridiculous. That's it, which is insane. But I feel like the Mets lose nine straight like every three weeks. I know. <laughs> the A's lost like twenty straight earlier this year.
0: And once again, this is it's it's all a testament to just how skewed the Yankee fan perspective is. Because there were a lot of tweets that were like, Well, being a Yankees fan is like, you know, the worst consignment for a fandom that you could have. Right, just because the expectation is so high, right? It's like forget the A's, forget the Marlins, forget the Rays, whoever those teams expect to be bad. The Yankees, because we demand success, being eight games under five hundred. I want to remind you, they're eight games under five hundred. Like I recognize they're in is last it really place. Eight?
1: Wow, that's it, a lot. It's um, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's fucking go. This is great. This is awesome. But Everything's coming up, Bob. Every, you know, yeah. Well, the Mets are out of it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about the Braves coming back and taking the division at the yeah. last weekend. True, because they
0: took it w- <laughs> weekends <Exactly>. ago. They <laughs> had it in
1: April. Okay, so there's that. You know, we had Barbie and Oppenheimer, wonderful moment for movies. Yep. We're gonna get Killers the Flower Moon soon. Or <laughs> well, we're just at, we're off baseball already. The Yankees stink. I got oh, to go back. to Europe for two weeks. Come on, we're this off. is this is awesome. <laughs> we're so back. We're so back. But also, you're a Phillies fan, so that hurts.
0: yeah. Well, that one.
1: But you're you're
0: right. That just like I think seeing the meltdown around Cashman and the front office and ownership is really quite cathartic. It's great.
1: It being a Yankees fan is so Catholic. <laughs> like every single thing. As soon as one thing goes wrong, it's like you have to like atone for it. Like the team needs to atone. right (laughs) for it it's like they have such like a persecution complex to the whole fandom it's un it's unbelievable there was i mean there was a a person who was like the main character on twitter for basically who said what to like similar to what you were outlining where he was like the yankees being under 500 is worse than any other fandom that any and is worse than anything else that any other fandom is experiencing this year and many people we in the replies saying stuff like, well, you know, the Mets punted at the deadline after having the highest payroll of all time. And they're, you know, running back, retreating with their tail between their legs in shame. And the A's are literally having their team stolen from Oakland. And all of these other examples of people who have it much worse than Yankees fans who have just a run-of-the-mill, boring, bad, old baseball team. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> weird has happened. They're just not good. They just didn't build a good team for yeah. the first time in 30 years. And I just think it's... um. It's fascinating, like, from an ethnographic perspective to watch this play out.
0: What do you think the original sin was, then, that has caused all this suffering?
1: Not getting Donnie baseball a World Series ring. That's right. They didn't show any respect. No, they really did. To Donnie B. All right. What's your first up this week?
0: My first up this week, you already alluded to it. You already alluded to them. My relationship to them. It's going to be the Philadelphia Phillies.
1: My team, my guys. I'm just gonna sit here in silence for this whole thing as in protest. Okay. I'm gonna see how well you can carry this all on your own. All right, that's you've chosen. You've chosen to bear this solo because I'm not coming on this journey with you. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna clear out. You tell me that's what you really love inter- about. Interesting. Where did I get this Phillies hat? I don't know. Hmm. Very Seems godmother. Like some tacit support. Some normalization of a Philadelphia Phillies lifestyle. <laughs> I'm just saying appeasement <laughs>
0: uh, the Phillies are hot more
1: whatever. ways than
0: one whatever the Phillies are good and the Phillies are cute is what they are um, You may I love have, male friendship I love male friendship too you may have seen that uh, that Jose Alvarado has started making friendship necklaces for his teammates friendship necklaces that the players are wearing together on the field We've seen guys like Harper wearing it. I just immaculate vibes, immaculate vibes radiating from this clubhouse. I'm seeing Bobby making notes over there. <laughs> it's like it's like when you're waiting for the response in the debate, you know, and you're scribble, scribbling furiously. Right, but you don't you want to scribble
1: like, too furiously because then you look like they got a they got one over on exactly. You, you yeah, know? so I'm just doing it calmly.
0: Bryce Harper, Composed. he's hot. Kyle Schwarber. Could not hit water if he fell off a boat unless it. he was going to send it
1: 450 feet. Do you know he has 35 home runs this year and negative 0.3 war? Yeah, I do, I do know that. How is I, it even possible? <laughs> like, I don't even. This one's. Okay,
0: I just want to say this one's on the Phillies for literally asking him to play the field. I know. Well, they didn't expect Bryce Harper to tear his UCL. No, they didn't. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe they should have. Zach Wheeler. Going for a Cy Young. I mean, He's just
1: stabbing me in the heart repeatedly.
0: Hey man, this is this was what we spent two whole episodes building up towards. This is true. I have a I question. Need to make this bit longer than the last time we bandwagoned. That, so, that's
1: true. When you were a fan of the Reds, twi- I think it was it was Twins. I thought I was a fan of the Twins. Who was I? I don't, I don't know. I just, no. sure. Yeah, no, you're right. It was. It was. We Reds. were both fans of the Twins. Yeah, <laughs> and the Reds and neither of us were fans of either of those teams uh, I have a question
0: mm-hmm.
1: when are you going to make me a friendship necklace Ooh, gauntlet throne just wondering I've got no wearable paraphernalia friendship paraphernalia from you <laughs> that's been handmade
0: <laughs> yeah I suppose you're right
1: about that that could be good patreon content us making each other friendship bracelets or necklaces oh
0: just we'll just like fil- live stream it <laughs>
1: filming each other making it for each other yeah just talking shooting shit chatting about life so, what you're saying is we should just start making one right now while we're recording. We should get into YouTube. You know, like we should start like YouTube, like viral YouTube content stuff like Mr. Beast. Okay. Yeah. A lot of Mr. Beast chat during your wedding week. A ton of Mr. Beast. Chat. More than I, to borrow a phrase from our beloved Fallout Boy, more than I bargained for. <laughs> <laughs> That's for
0: sure. Both at the, 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 Bachelor, bachelorette trip, and the eventual wedding. Well,
1: the bachelor, bachelorette trip, it came to us. Like, we accidentally ordered from Mr. Beast's, I'll own that, we ordered from Mr. (laughs) Beast's fucking burger place. Yeah, that one's on us. (laughs) Should have done our due diligence. Exactly, before giving him our hard-earned cash. Um, And then, just at the wedding week, it just kept coming up. Just People just being like, what does he do? How does he make money? And... You having to explain it because you're the only forced to like (laughs) yeah you're the only person who understands the internet like on that (laughs) sort of level. I was just kind of like I've opted out of it, but I know that he's like the most followed YouTube channel of all time. It's like really just absurd world we live in. What even if we don't become YouTubers, I do think we need to become grifters. Okay, so if it's not YouTube, it does it doesn't have to be necessarily on the internet. You know, like we could start, like, our own Herbalife or, like, start our own whatever. Like That feels like a lot of
0: work. No, we got to do something that does not involve us actually, like, doing labor. Like, that's the <laughs> that's the whole point, you know, is when you're grifting.
1: <laughs> this just in the people who founded Herbalife are workers. <laughs> Quote Alex Baisley. <laughs> all I'm right, just all saying, right, it's okay, okay, to be so able
0: to be done, like, behind the computer screen. Right, you know? yeah, okay,
1: somewhere between founding Herbalife and starting the Mr. Beast YouTube channel is where we're going to slot in comfortably. Yes. The thing is, I think like, I think it's hard to, I think, I I think we would find it hard to be Mr. Beast, though. Like, I think that's way too much work. (laughs) We've to come up with tasks for people to do to debase themselves in public. Like, that's not really either of our skill sets. So... If anyone right. listening we put, home, we
0: put a one baseball fan from each team in a parking lot and had them fight to whatever happens
1: blindfolded. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have an idea. We buy a baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> if anyone listening at home has a good idea for our grift, please, it, it, we're always available. Tipping pitches pod at gmail.com tipping underscore pitches on Twitter, seven eight five four two two five eight eight one. Please let us know how we can grift our way. Out of having to do this podcast, I guess. I mean, I, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. This is never going away. Never, never, ever, never, never. never. Truman Show never goes off the air. That's right. It doesn't. Uh, so, now, so now we're going to go to down. Sure. Yeah. I don't remember if that's how we used to do the segment. But I'm pretty sure it's how we used to do it. Okay. My first down this week. And I know I alluded to this already. Is owners doing interviews? Mm-hmm. One particular owner first. We're going to get to a, to a different one later. Maybe a couple more. Um, I th- I think this was the most requested topic that we got from our time period. Off. Yeah.
0: It. W- this was also when I was thinking of topics that we were going to talk about. This is the f- first thing that popped into my head. It was just like two. I saw it when it was published and. Just alarm bells going off in my head.
1: Yes, this is uh, an article in the New York Times written by Tyler Kepner, who is a sports uh, feature writer there for the New York Times. Um, He's reporting from Baltimore. Headline, a great team, an ambitious plan, and an existential issue. Quote, existential issue. John Angelos wants to reimagine the way Baltimore approaches the business of baseball. But, big but here, Alex. But, his team's electric young core May not be around to see the results. I'm sure many of you have read this article. It it was published in the New York Times on August 21st, um, so six days ago from time of recording. The first thing first, first things first. The header image the <laughs> of this article of John Angelos just standing there, sleeves rolled up, looking real suntanned, you know, in front of just some random park and fence. Just like It's such a like Stock image For modern baseball owner Just trying to be like The relatable guy You know Oh I'm out in the park With the people I'm holding a baseball In my hands I definitely look like I know how to hold This baseball
0: Why does he Why does he look like The like You know I had to do it to him Kid (laughs) You know
1: like, that's look exactly like, that. like what is he doing? I still think the funniest thing that you've ever said on this podcast is when you said that you imagine John Angelo pulls his pants all the way down to his ankles <laughs> to pee. That's the funniest thing you've ever said on this podcast. That's, uh, that's good. No, it's all downhill from here. No, it's just a high bar to clear. Um this article is bad shit, dog. The interview that he gave, first of all, he just did not need to do this. Yeah. In the middle of the best Orioles season in like 50 years, the best Orioles regular season in, in so long, and the team has so much goodwill, the rebuild actually worked. The grift worked. They won. You know, they they made their Herbalife. They sold it. And in the middle of that, he gives an interview to the New York Times of all publications, the publication with the widest reach in the entire world about how He's not sure if the Orioles will be able to afford to keep all of these players who they have tanked for the better part of five years for. They're all in their like first or second year of service time. This is yeah. a five years down the road problem that he is getting way out ahead of for unbelievably vague reasons. I don't get it. Also, aside from the, I think the pullout quotes which got passed around the most frequently on Twitter were, were the ones about how he doesn't believe that the Orioles in their small market will be able to afford both, you know, renovations to the ballpark, but also just being able to extend multiple of these players and keep them as Orioles for life. Like previous iterations of Orioles fans or of Orioles, baseball teams from, from the past, you know, like lifelong Orioles, Cal Ripken, like that sort of thing. He just doesn't believe that that is suited to the modern baseball world anymore because of how expensive it is and how of the, Stratification between the the big markets and the little markets, mind you. I don't know if I really buy that. Like Baltimore is a small market that no, like, sell sell out a lot, and it's like a pretty big city, and I don't know, but that's a whole different thing.
0: Well, once again, that like market
1: sizes are fake. Fake. Uh, a myth. Yeah, exactly. I would like to talk to you about um, how he envisions just the, the quote unquote public-private partnership that would reinvent the Camden Yards campus. Please. Quote, the, this is from the article now. The plans naturally would include the usual live-work-play stuff. All the stuff that we've talked about before. All the stuff that, you know, the Braves are doing at the Battery, the Cubs are doing in Wrigleyville. Residences, hotels, shops, restaurants, bars that modern owners covet. But Angelos mentioned several other possibilities. I'm going to have you powering these after this. An elementary school located in the warehouse a health and wellness clinic, internship and mentorship programs for local youth. People will speak about Baltimore like, wow, Baltimore is cutting edge, which is what they said about Camden Yards. If we develop it right and we include that impactful community program module, we can change the whole brand of Baltimore. Just the whole city. We could change the whole city. Bro, he wants to turn the city of Baltimore into an Orioles company town. Yeah. And he said this on the record in the largest newspaper in the world. And this is what he thinks is going to get him the $600 million from the of public funds that he claims that they need to be able to enact their vision, whatever the fuck that means. Your thoughts? <laughs> Are you willing to commit on the record right now to move to Baltimore and enroll your kids in the Orioles public school.
0: I am, actually. I hear it's very cutting edge, right. which is how I describe cities all the time. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Billy. Your uh, your grades are actually a little too high in your math class, and you're making the rest of us look bad, so we're going to have to transfer you to a different school to keep the, the scores uh, relatively low across the board. Like, I just, I don't know. If you want to make elementary schools go like run for mayor. Like if you want to, if you want to change the brand of Baltimore, go run for office. Go sign up on your like local PTA. <laughs> like I don't know. Just like being a sports owner is frankly just an easy way to skirt the politi- political process and shape a city to your will. And, like, that's what more and more owners are figuring out, right? And, and we're going to talk a bit later about some of the stadium relocation conversations that are happening. Mm-hmm. But what you're seeing time and time again, right, is that owners want, are expanding their horizons beyond simply creating a brand of baseball. And they're like, yeah, we, we want to create a bustling downtown,
1: like, micro-economy. What's it? What do they call it in succession? The thing that he like goes out and gives the presentation on. It's like living plus life plus yeah, yeah, something living like plus, that. Think, yeah, this is literally that. Yeah, he like actually was like, "That's a great idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We want to market the Orioles to be a three sixty experience for people's lives, education, healthcare, wellness, mentorship." It's so, it, like, for lack of a better phrase, and without wanting to impugn. John Angelos' extracurricular activities, like it's the most coked out idea I could possibly imagine. He's like, "What else? I mean, we already fucking figured out baseball. We're the best yeah. team in the league. What else can we do? I don't know. Education, schools, schools, healthcare. Let's do it. Let it rip. Give me six hundred million bucks. I will solve the education <laughs> crisis in America. Done.
0: Counterpoint: If you're looking to start a health and wellness clinic. And we're interested in becoming grifters, potentially Ooh. in the healthcare space. No, I don't want to go in the healthcare space. Isn't that... Too much red tape. Yeah,
1: but like, isn't
0: Herbalife like, that's like adjacent to that, right? I, I guess it's more wellness than health. If but. you
1: gave me $100 cash right now, I could not tell you what Herbalife I don't, does. I don't know what it is either. We lived across the street from an Herbalife <laughs> plant. That we did. Our whole senior year of college. I saw a lot of trucks. It's a lot of people coming in and out. I don't know what they do. I think it's like supplements, right?
0: <laughs>
1: right? Sure. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Protein shakes, weight management programs, what nutritional is, supplements, personal care
1: products. This is not what I thought Herbalife was. Oh,
0: but they support nutrition for zero hunger.
1: Oh, well, okay. Cool. I, I buy into that. I don't like hunger. I'm in on protein shakes, dog. Should we should we cut all this out and maybe see if Herbalife wants to sponsor the pod? <laughs> well, three up, three down, presented by Herbalife. <laughs> should we just go back and knock on that like uh, where, no, warehouse they've door? no, they moved on from there, bro. Yeah. They moved on from.
0: Can't there. stay in one place for too long. <laughs> Otherwise,
1: that's how they catch you. I Herbalife like sponsors like stadiums. They're like they've gone yeah. mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> they have. They've sold out. <laughs> Don't forget about the little guy. Herbalife went woke. <laughs> That's our grift is just going on and talking about all the things that have sold out, you know?
0: I mean, yeah.
1: That, that, was, actually, like, that was like music journalism for 20 years. Yeah, it was just well, people going on and being like, man, they sold out.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> are we
1: bringing back like you rockism? Have, yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah.
0: Taylor Swift is not worthy of... Uh, highbrow music criticism. We just delete
1: every podcast we've ever had and we pivot. <laughs> pivot hard. Um, I think this might sound like a radical idea, but bear with me. I think one thing that would be nice is if baseball owners wanted to just own baseball teams and create baseball teams yeah, that played baseball in front of people who were baseball fans. And that was it. I think that would be nice. I think we could solve a lot of of problems in the baseball world if baseball owners just wanted, you know, to own baseball teams. Yeah. Just the teams. Right. And the exhibition of the games that those teams play. That's it. We don't even... They can have TV rights too, you know? That can all be folded into this as well. But what if we just, you know, uh, the acronym KISS, keep it simple, stupid. Let's play baseball. I like. I feel like I'm losing my mind.
0: But who's going to teach
1: the kids? <laughs> I know, especially with all these teacher unions out here, they only care about themselves. Bro, I know. They're not going to teach the kids. No. They're worried about getting rich and retiring early. Yeah. I mean, come on. You don't work for three months a year, and it's still you want to go on strike. Why have a job at all? <laughs> I. It's just like so. Okay. I know we've been talking a lot about movies on this podcast, but I'm going to bring it back to movies for just one second because I also had to take three weeks off from my other podcast just about movies. So I haven't been able to get these takes off. Dune 2 was delayed. A movie that I was very much looking forward to. I'm a very large Denis Villeneuve fan. I loved Dune Part 1. It was one of my favorite movies the last couple of years. And I'm really disappointed that Dune 2 is delayed because it's already done. It was ready to go. It was supposed to be, I think, in November, and they've pushed it back to next March. And the the reason that they gave was because of the ongoing strikes and because they wouldn't be able to promote the film the way that they usually promote movies. And they were worried that that was going to hurt the box office. And I felt like that, to me, felt a lot like when, during the pandemic, the owners just decided way ahead of the time that they got to do their favorite thing, which is not actually pay baseball games. Just to just have this be a tax write-off and to just cash as as much of the money that they were guaranteed as possible while doing the least amount of their side of the bargain and so for the movie studios it's like oh great we don't have to pay to promote this movie right now and we're not paying our you know workers and we can just write this off as a tax year for fiscal year 2020 or a tax write-off for fiscal year 2023 and just keep it moving path of least resistance don't put out movies (laughs) just keep telling wall street that your strategy is to have movies. Yeah. And then you just don't have movies. You just don't don't put movies out. And then all the people who like movies are kind of screwed. Yeah. And I'm like, does every industry have to be like this? Does every industry have to have like some grand vision for how they're going to unite humanity through the power of their product and the integration and commercialization of their intellectual property and what it means for the long-term health of the brand and the brand halo and how that will, uh, how that will unfold as we, uh, Make our way through the modern tech frontier. Like, does everything have to be like that, or can we actually just like I don't know, maybe just like it have just a, be like the th- the thing it said a, it was going like to be? A baseball team and a yeah. movie, and just let me go home and not have to think about how we're all going to die one day. <laughs> Rant over. I mean, that's oh, just that's this, all, this is a good down. That's all I wanted to say. Just, all I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks, you know, it's been on my mind. In other words, why can't
0: we just have nice things every (laughs) once in a while? Exactly. Can can I just say one more thing from this Angelos profile? Yeah. You can say as many things as you want. A good chunk of this article and the the portions of it that I saw kind of most widely shared were in regards to Angelos talking about how, well, they're going to have to raise prices if they want to retain this young core, right? They're you know, they again—they're a smaller market. They have a small payroll. Right. Look, you—you know—it takes a lot of money to sign these guys. It's just a math problem. If you went to the Orioles elementary school, you would know how to do that. <laughs> math. That is actually true. <laughs> so he says we're going to have to raise the prices here dramatically. And Kepner asks him and is like, "Well, wouldn't any business simply set your prices to whatever the market can bear? Right. R- regardless of kind of what your expenses are, you know." you're pricing your product as to what fans are actually gonna pay for it. And he goes, Right. Well, that's a good question. But let's say we sat down and showed you the financials for the Orioles, which is a hilarious statement. He's obs- let's he's, say that, John. He's so no, yeah, he's the guy who like sits at home and his bed and is like having the conversation in his head yeah. with the journalist, you know, and is like, well, this is how I would own him. Like I right. I don't want to do that to him in public. But He'd be like so owned, honestly, if I just showed him the financials. Right. You'll quickly see that when people talk about giving this player 200 million, that player 150 million dollars, we would be so financially underwater that you'd have to raise the prices massively. Now, like a beer at the Orioles ballpark is like 18 bucks right now. Right. And they've run a 70 million dollar (laughs) payroll for
1: years. (laughs) so true like what are we talking about here yeah dynamic pricing it means that it only goes up <laughs> that's yes. what dy- that's what dynamic that pricing actually
0: is. literally is what it is i
1: call it the ticket master model <laughs>
0: <laughs> he points i love that he points to boston as one of these like teams that he right. ha- that he has to keep up with you know these are the big market teams who are like they're doing it right which is crazy given what the Red Sox have done in the last three years. Like, how's that working out for them? They're running that model you want to run, and they still aren't paying their players. It's working
1: really well for the Dodgers. Yep. (laughs) More on that later. Okay, we've made it through (laughs) two ups and one down, and we're an hour into this, but we're going to do it. We're going to power through. This is not going to be two hours. On to your first down, Alex Baisley. What is it? since we're here it's public education in america <laughs> you know it's not doing good enough we have some innovative solutions from some of our foremost businessmen i want to
0: keep it right here uh on profiles of owners as a means of illuminating how not all uh, profiles are made equal this one comes courtesy of nbc bay area who got him he got our man john fisher on the, the record flesh. in the flesh seen, heard from. This is great. I, I guess I hesitate to call it a profile because it was more, it was like, okay, actually, you know what it was? It was like a Verducci profile. Oh, okay. Longtime <laughs> listeners may be familiar with, uh, Verducci's strategy of thirsting over the subjects, right? Handing the subject, the, the notepad to just right, write down, the, exactly. Write down the quotes. Uh, no, this is not about Tom Verducci. Um, it is about Raj Mathai, uh, at NBC Sports at NBC Bay Area, who effectively sat down with John Fisher at his home. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> and asked questions that would lead you to assume that they had just not been following anything that's happened in Oakland over the last 15 years. Yeah. Wow, 15. Wow. Twenty? Yeah. Twenty five. I mean, to the extent to the The length of time that Fisher has basically owned the team, which, yeah, is like 20 years at this point. (laughs) (laughs) It's framed in such a fascinating way. We arrived at the peninsula home of Oakland A's owner, John Fisher, not knowing what to expect. (laughs) Is he the reclusive billionaire ripping out the hearts of A's fans?
1: Nailed it. Stop sentence, period. Right? Period.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or is he following the script of the Raiders and Warriors, who also left Oakland for the riches of a new stadium? I mean, first of all, those things aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. But also, that's just such a strange framing of the dichotomy. Uh, By his request, our exclusive Bay Area interview would not include video or audio. (laughs) Just an old-fashioned Q&A. Wow. No question was out of bounds. We used to be a country. No question was
1: pre-screened. No question was out of bounds. Intriguing.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No no question was out of
0: bounds. (laughs) Frankly, I would have preferred if he'd said no these questions were pre-screened because it would have made far <laughs> far more sense the, the interview basically runs the gamut from John Fisher do you think you're cut out to be a sports owner to why are you leaving Oakland to will you spend more when you're in Las Vegas to what's your message to A's fans mm. like what is your message to A's fans He said it. Yeah. He's given the message. Right. You don't get to come out and give your little screed on how this is breaking your heart. But, you know, you have to do what's good for the business. Like, sorry, you don't get a platform to do that. You can put out a press release if you want. Yeah. But the fact that a local journalism outlet is actually going and giving him this platform without pushback, like, it basically goes, here's what I asked him. Here's what his response was. And then I moved on to the next question. Like, Uh I. To be one of the only outlets to actually get this sort of candid access to him. Well,
1: I don't think that's a coincidence. So. I
0: mean, yes, it, this is why the interview reads like this, but I don't know. It's just such a dereliction of your duty as like a journalist.
1: I'm willing to write an article. Uh, like I I would like to have John Fisher on the podcast, but I'm willing to commit to no audio, no video and write an article about our interview. <laughs> if that's what he needs. If that's yeah, what he wants. Me too. Um. As long as no questions are off the table. Yeah. <laughs> what would your first question for him be if no questions were off the table?
0: Uh, I don't know. What's your workout routine? Like? <laughs> Do you take any supplements and have you heard you of Herbal, life? herbal
1: life guy? <laughs> uh, I thought... <laughs> first one that came to mind would be like, what's the average life expectancy of Mel's in your family? <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing a softball out there for you. Um. So what was his message to A's fans? It's,
0: it's basically, he literally says, we did an awful lot to reach out and be a good steward of the franchise for fans, and I'm sorry it hasn't worked out.
1: Oh, man. This
0: is really difficult to do, but, you know,
1: oh, at the end of the comes. day, we have to do it. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. You're a great, you're a great guy. <laughs> it's not you, it's me.
0: That's his message. And then the follow-up question is, all right, so what happens next? You know, what happens next? That question when you're writing just like a nice little like softball yeah. profile of yeah. someone. So what are you up to? So What's coming down the
1: pipeline If you feel you? like there's anything I've left out, please feel free to add it. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly.
0: What other projects are you working on, John? <laughs> like, you know what happens next. I just want to be clear. Like, all the of this A's stuff leave. is like a part of the public record. Yeah, and, we've like, talked
1: about this ad nauseum. He also, in this article, um, article, quote-unquote, he also kind of more or less put the complete kabosh on the idea that he would ever sell the yeah, A's like yeah. this fantasy that um that a lot of people have been hoping that Joe Lakeup swoops in and buys the A's and keeps them in the bay area um or just the less fantastical and more like concerted public pressure that the Oakland A's fan community has put on him to sell the team all the sell shirts and all the chants and all of the um, you know reverse boycotts and all of that sort of thing trying to bring attention to the fact that he should not be owning a baseball team if this is how he wants to behave and it's despicable that the league would allow this sort of behavior not just allow it just like more or less endorse and encourage it and facilitate it but um, he was just like nah no. nah I own that and that's mine so yeah you guys are cooked sorry <laughs> how do you think he feels about public education in Las Vegas though. Well because he's taking all the money away from the schools. So he might have to make a school.
0: Right. There might be an opportunity
1: there. Because all the other schools are going to close because the A's (laughs) are going to get all their money. We'll just have like a thousand student class uh sit in center field, you know, and then we'll put like a we'll put like some YouTube on the scoreboard and they'll learn like math and shit. Right. That'd be great.
0: Yeah little Mr. Beast side by side <laughs> with the A's. For the god, level. we are dreaming up a dystopia right
1: now. Um it's like days away yeah. at this point. Okay. Let's go back to our ups because okay, that was right. that was geek. bleak. Oh my god. That was like <laughs> the real answer is you want to live in Blade Runner 2049, I guess. Yeah, actually. <laughs> or Mad Max for Yeah, like Road. like RoboCop or something like that. Uh okay. It's my turn. Uh, my second up this week. And the Seattle Mariners are 10 and three since Jordan Schusterman got married. <laughs> I texted him yesterday and I was like, I think that they might have to give you a ring if they win the World <laughs> Series. You know, you got your ring and you'll get a ring from the there Mariners. Um, And the Texas Rangers have lost eight straight and that puts the, well, they won yesterday actually, but they had lost eight straight before that. The Mariners and Rangers were tied for first. It's like, a three horse race at the top of the AL West, which I don't think a lot of people would have guessed, especially with the Mariners slow start with Julio Rodriguez, slow start. Famously. I said, he's bad on the podcast. (laughs) Infamously. I said that, but I think it's so much more interesting when there's a likable team in every division race. Totally. And that's not the case for a lot of the divisions right now. Um, Either they're like sewed up or um, the teams that are contending for them are just like blah or whatever in the case of the centrals but the al west is keeping division races alive in my mind you know you have like the astros who everybody expected to win the division the rangers who are up and coming and outperforming everybody for you know 110 games and now are maybe sputtering a little bit <laughs> which i'm enjoying i'm putting on my full ranger former met hater hat by the way <laughs> I just would like everybody to know I don't want good things to happen to the Rangers. <laughs> I just don't. Um, and so I am thus all in on the Seattle Mariners. This is my squad. I think it's... Uh, I understand why you didn't pick them, but I think that they had a good candidacy. Totally. And for uh, you know, a year-by-year basis, I think it's a, a fun team to bandwagon. And so that is the thing that's bringing me joy. Nothing deeper than that, really. Yeah. Uh, they traded away their closer and their bullpen got better. <laughs> sure. Among us. Sure. Baseball doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. They just have a lot of really cool stories in that clubhouse right now between like stars like Julio and guys like Josh Rojas, right? Who were maybe floundering a little bit in other organizations and came over and retooled his swing and is raking since that, Like, They have a guy named Big Dumper on their team. Like, that's a, I mean, multiple points in their favor.
1: I'm going to be attending a Seattle Mariners game next month. You will? I will. Where? In Seattle. Oh. Breaking news on the podcast. Yeah. I'm moving to Seattle. Sorry, I didn't tell you. (laughs) Um, Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll clinch the division when I'm there. That would be sick, actually. That would turn me into a Mariners (laughs) (laughs) fan. Yeah. Now that the A's don't exist, uh, and we can officially write them off. I do think that I have a free slot for my AL team. So I can basically choose anybody I want to. Yeah, you can. I'll tell you a couple teams that I won't be choosing. I won't be choosing the New York Yankees. I, I won't be choosing the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm. I won't be choosing... <laughs> Back out on the Rays again. <laughs> I won't be choosing the Houston Astros. Uh, Texas Rangers. I won't be choosing the Texas Rangers. Mm. Despicable organization. And I won't be choosing the Los Angeles Angels or the Chicago White Sox. So those are teams that I won't be choosing.
0: <laughs> what? There was uh, before we started recording. There was another team that you were ready to go in on. I just want I want to give you the space to do that.
1: Oh right, I forgot all about that. That team is the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> what are we doing? What? <laughs> it? That's my question for people. What? Like, okay, great. Gunnar Henderson's great. Grayson Rodriguez is great. I Ad-
0: love that you're in full Ad- hater Ad- Lees, mode at Ad- this point in the year. Like,
1: the players are great. There's nothing wrong with the players. Just like there was nothing... Until the cheating scandal. Just like there was nothing wrong with George Springer and Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and all these... Other, I mean, he's annoying, but whatever. Just like there was nothing wrong with those people. But like from an organizational standpoint, if you're a neutral fan... How can you possibly look at the Orioles and think like, good vibes only? You know, their owner wants to fucking own public education in Baltimore. They tanked and had a $30 million payroll for five years. This is everything that we say all the time that we don't like in baseball. And because they did it and because it worked out, we're just like, oh my God, I love this. This is the Cubs all over again. This is the Astros all over again. It's the stupidest thing ever. What are we, why are we doing this? No, I'm in on it. I'm a fan. No, because when you were choosing between the Orioles and the Phillies, this is like what I was trying to say the whole time. I'm like, the Orioles are like everything that is wrong with modern baseball.
0: There's <laughs> First of all, there's nothing wrong with modern
1: baseball. That is Emo true. legends. Uh, if I could fantasy draft one band to bring get back together, <laughs> that would be the band. Yeah. The fact that I never went and saw them, they were like, oh, God. Just kicking myself constantly over that. They're a Philadelphia band. They were just playing shows like 20 miles from my house, like for years. And I was just like, man, eh, I'll see them the next time, you know? And then I didn't. Towner. But I know that there are probably a lot of Orioles fans listening to this. Um, we seem to have somewhat of a strong Orioles contingent, the tipping pitches fandom. And I want to say very clearly that Orioles fans did nothing wrong. Orioles players did nothing wrong. But Orioles management and ownership is. It, frankly disgraceful <laughs> I don't know how else to put it I don't know how else to put it it's like they just recreated what the Astros did and we all hate what the Astros did just because they didn't steal signs yet you know just because they didn't have some scandal come out about their organization yet doesn't mean that we shouldn't look critically about the ways that they've run their team and the ways that they've penny pinched and saved money like I feel I see Evan Drellick, getting into arguments with people about the Orioles on Twitter all the time because he's like, this is just exactly what I tried to tell you guys in my book. And it's all just being overshadowed by the science stealing thing. But there was organizational rot at the center of the philosophy of the Astros. Just like there is at the center of the philosophy of the Orioles. I mean, all right. Is there? Yes. 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 They tanked to save money, not to build a good team. They were like, "Eh, building a good team is a nice side effect. But we're not going to keep that good team together. Yes, that is organizational rot. I mean, yes,
0: I, I, my maybe hot take as a, you know, leftist baseball fan is I don't think that tanking is like the worst thing a team can do. I think the worst thing a team can do is... Not keeping the band together after you.
1: Team. Well, they already guaranteed they won't. Well, I know. So. right,
0: yes, I agree. But that's more. They are saying, who like, we thought the, they were. <laughs> the process itself, I think, is not like. I think it's very easy to look at the Orioles right now and say, "Wow, what an amazing team!" I would love to see them go all the way this year because, like, I don't have to think about Angelos when I when I watch what the Orioles are doing on a day to day basis, right? Unless he gives another fucking interview right i do think that, like like, the long-term like view of them is like boy i wish they had someone else in charge
1: i i like i would be happy for the team and for the players if they went on to win just like i was happy for the cubs and i felt like it was a good story but everything that happened since the cubs won was exactly what you could have predicted was going to happen because teams that are willing to keep the band together don't tank like that they don't tank and spend 40 million dollars on payroll for four straight years and intentionally lose 115 games cuz you don't have to
0: cuz you have a band you've been <laughs> keeping together that you just need to add to.
1: Or you just sign good players, exactly, like sign a yeah. couple good players and show your fans some respect. Put an actual professional baseball team out on the field. Like it's not rocket science here. I mean, it's 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 a catch 22 because oftentimes when you tank for that long, you have so many built-in advantages because of the way that the league is structured to save saving you money also gets you good players for some reason that you do end up being good you do end up turning it around but that doesn't mean that it was the only way and it doesn't mean that that was the only path and it doesn't mean that it was the right path and it also doesn't to me endear them as a neutral fan it 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 doesn't sorry Like, you really want to see this guy? You want to see the guy who's like, Orioles should have a, a built-in health care. <laughs> you want to see that guy get a World Series ring? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it feels it's kind of, of, of marginal when you're talking about owners who are getting rings. It does. It does. It does. And it's like a fool's errand to try to be like, what owner do I want to see win the World exactly, Series? Exactly. It's like, yeah. Yeah, what team do I want to see? And that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's why if the Orioles won the World Series this year, yeah, I would be... Mad. (laughs) You'd be mad. On one hand, happy for all of the players and the many Orioles fans in my life. Earnestly. I would not lament that. But on the other hand, it's like, all right, it's just here's another cycle of this. It's just going to be 13 owners pointing to the Orioles being like, we got to do it that way. Just like the 13 owners who pointed to the Cubs and the Astros and were like, that's the only way to win. It's just a never-ending cycle.
0: I mean, I think what the A's and Rays do is More insidious, probably by effectively never guaranteeing like a level of competition, right? I mean, like you go in and you say, All right, we're gonna like give it our best shot this year with this team we've like cobbled together. We're never gonna tank. I would have loved it. The A's had tanked. Oh my God, (laughs) bro. If they'd lost a hundred, like three straight years, I would have said, Yes, (laughs) sign me the fuck up.
1: (laughs) They're doing it now. Well, I know. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to see any of it. (laughs) So what the fuck? I, what I think is very few teams see models of success that actually cost in more than, you know, financial costs, but just like Effort investment giving a shit about the team wanting to put a product out there and engage with the fans on that level give the fans what they want basically very few teams see that and are like I should imitate that no one's like I should do what Steve Cohen does no one's like I should do what the Yankees do I should do what the Padres do they don't see that and they're like let's imitate it they see that and they give anonymous quotes so that they can be published about how they don't think it's sustainable and how they think it's bad for the game and it's going to ruin fans engagement with the game in the long term despite the fact that all fans are like this is great I love this yeah You know what was cool? When Steve Cohen was signing all of the good players. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Much more than I enjoy actually watching the Mets.
0: (laughs) No, you're right. It's like there's no follow-through on ownership, right? It's like you look at tanking, you look at what the Astros did, you look at what the Cubs did, and you say, well, if we can just focus on the first part, we don't even have to worry about the winning, the second second part of that.
1: I just find a lot of people just like, (laughs) it's like the drill tweet. There's actually no difference between good and bad. I find that to be the discourse over tanking teams. Well, there's no difference between having a terrible team for five years and then probably not winning a World Series at the end of it as there is between actually trying. You know? There's no difference between those two things. Those are the same thing. That's how we talk about these teams. That was like a 12-minute... I love
0: this. This is amazing. I'm so glad I reminded you of the Orioles.
1: I had a lot of time to think. I had a lot of time (laughs) alone on planes, you know, walking around, just stirring thoughts. I'm... certain that we're going to get people like replying to this being like, why are you such a downer? Like, why are you throwing a wet blanket on the Orioles? And to that, I would say John Angeles is throwing the wet blanket. I'm just observing it. Yes. Well,
0: in fact, he was the one who wet the blanket.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay. We're on up. We're on your second up right now. Yeah. What is your second up this week?
0: For my second up this week, I initially was going to just talk. I was going to harken back to the early days of this podcast and just talk, you know, players that I like. Uh call ups. Tim Tebow. Love love yeah, Tim Tebow. Uh there have been a lot of call ups that I that I uh really enjoy. I just like seeing guys make m uh, Le Marte and Mason Wynn and Nolan Shaniel, you know, calling up guys from the twenty three draft. I fucking love it. If you're the Angels I guess what do you have to lose at this point? But that's not my up this week.
1: Um Bro, and, we are so Not to just not to interrupt you though. No, no, no. no. We are so deep in the like (laughs) the all of these names are like just run of the mill like baseball like travel names that you heard like when you were growing up. You're like, oh, here's another Mason. Here's (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Mason with a Y. (laughs) Exactly. We're (laughs) so deep in that.
0: (laughs) No, instead I want to talk band topics. Actually, not band topics. I want to talk banned people, all right? I got one more piece of Fisher content for you. And that is the Treehouse Cafe that's in Lake Tahoe. Oh, yeah. Which is doing praxis.
1: Did we really never talk about this on the pod? I don't think we
0: did. This wow. came out, I think, maybe the day we released our last pod. So you decided to choose the most stale possible topic that exactly. you could. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All I want to say is you can do this too. You can ban owners from entering your establishment. I'm not endorsing, nor am I discouraging. Well, I actually am slightly encouraging, you could say. Um, Put up a sign, just like the Treehouse Cafe that says we reserve the right to refuse service to any member of the Oakland Athletics ownership group. Go ahead and put, put that Fisher can fuck off on your sign, you know? Keep it safe for work or not. Doesn't matter. All I'm saying is you have the power over these people.
1: I'm going the other way. Yeah. You we have the right them? to invite John Fisher on this podcast. Into this studio.
0: <laughs> That's, well, the sign that says John Fisher is welcome here. He hasn't seen it yet, but. Yeah.
1: Well, people don't know this, but we, we do have a sign. It's right above the baseball for the many sign. Yeah. And like right next to the Ken Griffey Jr. poster in here. We have a sign that says Fisher's Den. <laughs> Fisher's Den. No, Sorry. I misread it. It says Fisher's Cove. That's a better That's name. That's a really good one. Thank you. I'm here all week, baby. <laughs> we're back. That's all It was it is. over five minutes ago it's... when I was yelling about the Orioles and how they stink and how I don't know why people <laughs> like them, but we're back. It's back. John Fisher's not banned from this podcast. He does have an open invite. Some people might say that he is the animating factor
0: for this Some people might say we talk about him a little too much.
1: Um, what is your, uh, do
0: you have anything else to say on this?
1: I think they did a great job. Okay, good. I think it was a viral moment. Mm-hmm. I think it was a win win. Yeah. You know, they probably don't want John Fisher in there. It's right. probably earnest, but yeah. you know, you get a little cloud out of it. You yeah. get a little easy, you get a little run on little SF, SF Baseball Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <A little> SF <laughs> Gate. Little SF Gate bump, you know? Well, <laughs> gate receipts. <laughs> oh man! Sometimes I hate us. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I do, hate you have us. A, do you have a do you have a down for us, Bobby? It's as down as down gets. Okay. Alex Shohei Otani has a torn ulnar collateral ligament. The second time in his young, star-studded career, he will require. I actually don't know. Technically, they're getting a second opinion, but it seems likely that he would require Tommy John surgery. Part two, if he wanted to pitch in the major leagues again. Which all signs indicate that he does, seeing as he has done that. He has chosen to be a two-way player, even though he is one of the best hitters in baseball. He is also one of the best pitchers in baseball. I don't need to tell you this. I don't need to tell anyone listening at home this. I'm just saying it all because if I don't just keep talking nervously about how great he is, I will just get very sad, mm-hmm. very dour Yeah, on the podcast. It's not supposed to go like this, man. I don't love people jumping to conclusions to blame, like point the finger as to why something like this happened. Like baseball is is stupid and people get hurt and it's, you're not supposed to do this with your body, frankly, like, you know, Steven Strasburg, I don't think he's going to come up on either of our downs, Um, but it is a real downer that he had to retire. He was like the chosen one. You know, it's great that he, was so instrumental to the the nationals world series run and everything. And he, um, was able to, was able to get paid and like, was able to deliver on some of that promise, even though it got cut incredibly short. And, but like that guy like has a hard time doing his like day to day life because of the pain that he, uh, experiences from all of his arm related injuries to pitching. And so I, I don't know like how much we can, we can't really like play God with how injuries happen. We can't prescribe whose fault it is. Uh, the way that the angels have chosen to manage otani is to say we don't understand you we don't we don't get how this happens you you are unprecedented in so many ways and so you know you best so many people pointed out he came out of a lot of games because of fatigue from cramping from seemingly being pushed to the brink in an effort to try to get the angels to the playoffs for the first time since 2015 and theorized that that might lead to injuries but i don't i don't really know and i don't want to say whether that was the reason I just would like to hold space for the fact that this bums me out and this is like the one good thing that we could all come together and agree was like the main attraction in the baseball world. And of course he's still hitting. He's still hitting very well because he is Shohei Otani, but it's just, it's a bummer to imagine the fact that this happens right before he's going into free agency, which is going to be one of the most interesting contract negotiations and I it I think it still will be because I think most teams will just basically factor in that he's gonna take a year off from pitching and um he will rehab like he did the last time and then come back and be at you know, at worst, like if he's on a mound, he'll probably be, be like a three starter, but hopefully he can make a second full recovery. It's it's very unclear when you have your second Tommy John how your body's gonna respond. But if anybody can do it, I feel like it's him. I just think it's it's bad timing, it's bad for the game, and I frequently am left asking the question why can't we have like uninterrupted nice things mm-hmm. everything always has to have an asterisk or an interruption to it
0: yeah this sucks this was kind of brutal news to wake up to especially because i i got like the, the a second news alert about it before i'd seen the first one that said he had a ucl tear so i just got a notification that was just talking abstractly about his ucl and the way my heart just like jumped into my throat sucked yeah just kind of a kind of a bad way to start the day i will say even worse way to start the day is that in like the subheader of the notification it was like also mike, mike trout's Tuck. potentially career-ending injury that he's been nursing for the last like three years yep. he's back on the il because of it
1: i this is, these are the reasons that people point fingers at the angels is because yeah. stuff like this keeps happening mm-hmm. like, it's like i saw a lot of people discussing former players discussing about how little the Angels care about, like, rest, recovery, nutrition, stretching, hydration, like, stuff like this. And, you know, like, in the modern game, many of these players at this level, like, do all of this stuff on their own or, like, have their own routine for this sort of thing. But it just feels like a profoundly cursed franchise, and I just want to get anyone and everyone as far away from there as possible.
0: And you had their GM coming out and basically defending... Their treatment of Shohei and saying that was the part
1: where I was like, "All right, yeah, slow your roll, bro."
0: Where he was like, "Well, we offered to give him an MRI, and like he said no.
1: Like that would have done anything. It's been partially torn probably for like two months at this point, right?
0: Exactly. And it's also just I I recognize he's not going to be on your team a month from now, but like, why do you need to put your player on blast like that? Like you're the face of your franchise on blast like that." And it's know. just unnecessary.
1: A, a a a rule that I think is worth maybe following is not talking about like medical diagnoses of other human beings. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't really do that when you're a GM of a Major League Baseball team, but just like maybe not doing hindsight on the best ways to manage another person's body. Right, just in all aspects of life. You know? Yeah. Just let that person cook. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, or come out and say, you know what, we have talked at length. You know, we've we've stayed in constant touch with him about how he feels. And, you know, there was never any question on either side. And so, you know, we did what we felt like we had to. Like, I, there's, there's no positive outcome to going out and saying, well, we actually thought that maybe something was wrong, but he said no. So, like, that just makes you look bad. Like, he's a player. He knows his body best.
1: Feels like sour grapes. Yeah, it does. Okay, let's move on. This is too bleak. All right, Uh, what's your next down?
0: All right, my next down is maybe a little too predictable. um, But I don't know if you heard, Bobby. ESPN is getting ready to rake in that that sweet, sweet sports betting cash. They've launched their partnership with Penn Entertainment. You know the one. Penn Penn Entertainment. Yeah, I do.
1: Yeah. Did you see that they sold Barstool back to Dave Fortnoy for like? hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. So they basically gave him like a hundred million and then now they sold it back to him for a hundred dollars. Sure. They, cause, Cause they just didn't know what to do with it. Like, I don't, really know. I don't know. We don't
0: need to talk about Dave Fortnoy, but
1: I think we should talk about it more.
0: <laughs> There's no shortage of things to talk about. Actually.
1: What I would like to talk about is the last time that we ordered pizza together. <laughs> 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 <Man>. <laughs> <laughs> and it came with the little barstool pizza rating on the side of the box so we had ordered we, we the place that we usually order pizza from it was like closed or whatever it was, or it, it was over capacity so it wasn't taking orders and we needed to have the pizza delivered because we were in the middle of having a meeting and or doing a recording or something like that so we found a random place on DoorDash or I don't know And you ordered the pizza and it had good ratings and stuff. And it came. And like you said, it had the barstool like out of 10 Portnoy pizza test, whatever he does. The one bite thing. Yeah. Rating on the outside. And it was, it was proud of that. Very proud of that. We opened the pizza box (laughs) and the pizza was like folded like a rope, you know, it was like. It looked like someone had like tried to
0: wring it out like a sponge or something.
1: (laughs) That's just. That to me, that's the barstool experience. You
0: know? Did you see th- this happened in the last couple of weeks? But did you see he like had given this pizza place in New York a like really high score? You know, like a nine point something, which like he never gives out. Oh my god!
1: You know what? Wait, one thing that, about his videos whenever they like creep their way into my life against my will, yeah. Then one thing that really bothers me is that he doesn't say the point. He's always like nine four. Yeah, and I'm like fuck yeah, off, fuck off, <laughs> fuck off. That pisses me off. Sorry for my language. <laughs> I got some notes about my language recently from some real people in real life. And so I just,
0: I don't know if I can stop, but I can apologize. (laughs) Exactly. You can at least have the awareness. Um, No, he, he gave this pizza place a really high score. And then like the owner or like, I think it was like the, it was like the, the manager or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Chief of Staff, I think. Right. Sure. They came who, out as woke or something? Th- yeah, they came out and was like, honestly, I kind of hate the scene of, <laughs> of Barstool Boys who would just like come in here, you know, because of Dave. And so Dave yeah. went back to the pizzeria and gave it like a 5.4 or something. But like did he that. buy another
1: slice? <laughs> yeah, and he, he did. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I'm going to give you more <laughs> of
0: my business. Give you more of my dollars and show you how thin-skinned I'm not.
1: No, that throws a wrench into the whole thing. So is it not honest? Right. I know. So he's not giving his honest. He can rating be so easily classes. influenced. I would like to say, great grift. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just gotta tip your cap to the other team. Mm-hmm. His grift is walking around and being like, "Oh, that's good pizza." Yeah. All right. <laughs> great. I'm gonna do that with supplements. <laughs> Walk around. That's a great supplement. Yeah. The supplements in eight five. <laughs> ESPN.
0: <laughs> it's getting into betting, Bobby. And frankly, I didn't know that was allowed. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, ESPN ostensibly. This could go so many directions. Ostensibly platforms many sports. Oh, yeah. Ostensibly employ a roster of reporters who cover said sport. Yeah. Your, Your mileage on whether or not it's journalism may vary, but.
1: I think the only thing that's journalism is Buster Olney tweets. That's The last thing we have left. <laughs> you're judging them based on how much I'm making you laugh today. I, I think I'm doing good. You are doing, you're doing great.
0: <laughs> I mean, the more you derail me, the more it's just tough to, to reel me back in. So I'm just going to power through. Um, okay. It just feels like a really weird consolidation of a large number of interests. In a manner that, once again, I feel like we're we're not really thinking about the long game here. ESPN, which is owned by Disney, right? This is could be seen as Disney's way of trying to tap into a younger audience, right? Through a new means of engagement. By basically saying, hey, if you have a few bucks to throw around, why don't you throw it down on the uh,
1: Cleveland Browns? I don't know that was amazing knowledge of a base of football teams football teams yeah
0: i just think you're getting into really sketchy territory when you have a company who is invested in the 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 broadcast the play of sports nationally internationally even and is now also invested in getting fans to gamble on these games and is also invested on trying to cover these sports from an objective perspective again whether or not it's objective kind of <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was Bob Iger that actually
0: <laughs> whether or not you think it's objective is kind of beside the point right because they're yeah. essentially this kind of one stop shop for information about sports
1: yeah That's sounds just good feel, to Wall Street though I mean yeah those those dudes over at Goldman Sachs are like, I like they the way just, that I love, sounds. I love information. Yeah. I love one-stop shops. I love simple checkout transactions. That's right, I do. You know? <laughs> I, um... Of course they're allowed. I mean, they're I mean, you're yes, allowed to do yes, anything, yeah, course, you know? Yeah. I... I just hate sports betting. Sports yeah, I know, I, I know, it. I know. There was... I, I tweeted about this, but Bleacher Report and Bleacher Report betting, which have been some of the to me like the worst offenders of like gambling normalization frankly on at least on social media because i don't i don't actually like use these products so i can't speak to what how predatory any of the products themselves really are so but when i'm scrolling on social media and there's like a joint post between like bleacher report or house of highlights and br betting Yeah, yeah this post about phil mickelson it's just it's just a screenshot with like a hat tip to like some podcast or something like that yeah Phil Mickelson allegedly bet one billion dollars over the last three decades. Phil Mickelson allegedly lost close to one hundred million dollars gambling. Tried to bet on a Ryder Cup he was competing in. Made forty-three bets on MLB games in one day. And that's just it. That's just it. They just posted that. That's just the whole post. And then BR betting commented on underneath it like the emoji with like the eyes raised. My like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! We are straight up living in the dystopia. Like this is like. They're just posting this man's gambling addiction on their content channel where they're trying to get people to to gamble. gamble. Be like if a Budweiser commercial was about Alcoholics Anonymous.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm not trying to be facetious. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I think that ESPN getting into this or like reformatting their whole company is just an illustration of the Overton window on this topic. Just on this issue, just moving in the wrong direction. So yeah. all these other companies are cashing in in the short term, so why not us?
0: Yeah. I saw a, a clip from a broadcast recently. I don't even know the network it was on, but it was talking about where's Otani going to land, right? And what are the odds on each one, right? So it's like, plus 400 to land with whoever, you know, the Yankees, right? Like, plus plus a 1,000 to stay at the Angels. And I'm just like, How exciting. Yeah, Great. What, that's such a cool way to think about that. Yeah. As someone who doesn't gamble. I'm like with this. Like it, it's meaningless to me on like an informational level. Yeah, but beyond that, it's just trying to seed that language in, seed that sort of phrasing into our just like kind of common parlance.
1: Yeah. Do you know what that means? Plus four hundred. That means if you bet one hundred dollars, yes, I mean, win four hundred dollars. Yes, that means if like, you give a company hundred dollars of the cash that you earn. Yeah through having to sell your labor, you could potentially win $400 because a guy chose to go to a new team. It's yeah. just so inane and uninteresting. And like of all of the things that we talk about on this podcast or other people talk about, about sports, it is like so far down the list of interesting frames of reference for what sports can be in culture Yeah, that I just feel like we're living in just an intentionally stupid society.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels, I, I think it speaks to the kind of very online way of engaging of things in like you kind of want something quick and rapid
1: and in a list and
0: in a list. Exactly. That's like definitive, right? It's like, don't tell me the like just like five potential landing spots. Tell me what's the most and least likely. So like, I get it. It's trying to be in conversation with a way that we sort of already exist and talk about things online. Yeah. But I think that just makes it that much more insidious
1: the calls coming from inside the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you okay. have an up? I do have an up. Uh my final up this week and we can move my final up this week and we can move through, through this one a little quickly because it's not there's not much that deep that we haven't already tread this ground before, but Mookie Betts uh famously used to be on the Red Sox. He is now famously on the Dodgers for what seems to be the rest of his career and he, boy is he good. He's <laughs> right up there for National League MVP this year, Him, McCune and Freddie Freeman in a three-man race. Um, he went back to Fenway Park for the first time since being traded to the Dodgers from the Red Sox in twenty twenty nineteen 2019 off season. People were wondering what's the reception going to be like? What's the vibe going to be like? I felt pretty strongly that there would be nobody mad at him. He no. didn't trade himself. Nope. <laughs> he just wanted decently fair market valuation for being one of the best players in baseball and the Red Sox were like. Actually, we are going to trade one of our Transcendent Stars again. hundred Literally 100 years to the year after we traded Babe Ruth and cursed our franchise. But nah, nothing to worry about here. Nothing to see. Um, And he got an awesome standing ovation at Fenway. Uh, just a rapturous, roaring round of applause from the Fenway faithful. And I was like, for a hot second there, I was like, you got to hand it to Boston. And then like 30 <laughs> seconds later, I was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> it was cool it was a really it was a it was a cool moment it was an earnest moment an uncomplicatedly cool thing that the red sox fans could recognize what he did for the team having won a world series with them having been an mvp having been one of the best players that they've developed in the history of their franchise and could divorce the fact that he's it wasn't his fault that it, he's no longer on the team and be happy for a guy who is like still a face of baseball for ostensibly like one of the other big market rival teams that is competing with the Red Sox to be at the center of the baseball world. It was, it was cool. I enjoyed it. Felt like a little bit of a throwback. Yeah. I
0: I watched the clip and yeah, found a grin just sort of creeping across my face that was only halted by the remembrance that like, it doesn't have
1: to be this way. Right. <laughs> well, like, you know, and I mean, I'm not mad though. Cause I'm happy that he's on the Dodgers. Much well, easier okay. to root for him yes, there.
0: I t- totally agree. Um, I love seeing these types of returns. It is, the the Boston fans were very classy towards him. Um,
1: Boston fans are very classy, quote Alex Baisley. That's right, they are.
0: You know, it's just, these moments are a testament to, like, the fact that it's not about John Henry or John Angelos, right? No one is giving them that standing ovation for coming to the ballpark.
1: It's about... Except for you, dude.
0: <laughs> except for me. That's what I do get on my feet every time Fisher enters the ballpark.
1: <laughs> Screaming at the top of your lungs when the owner gets the World Series trophy. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve this! <laughs> hold on to it longer! <laughs> Don't let the MVP hold it! Alright, what's your final up?
0: My final up is a bit of a corollary to um, your previous down, which is uh, that Tsuriyo is out for the season, which... Uh, that Shohei Otani is just has a shattered UCL, which is true. Um, and yet he's still fucking Shohei Otani, which is just insane. Yeah, I don't really know how to like the fact that two days after he got his UCL diagnosis, he was like, Okay, I'm gonna steal second base now, and then I'm gonna steal third base like why are you stealing bases at all right first of all this is actually maybe my favorite thing about Shohei Otani is that he steals bases too like kind of a cute little thing that a lot of players don't do anymore right. and he's like no I can also do that. I know I can do everything else but I can also do that like not a single person in the world would blame him for standing on first and just like resting on his laurels you know <laughs> like catching his breath
1: and yet and yet here we are he does it for us Feel like if like Neil Armstrong also made movies, <laughs> <laughs> you're really good at this. Right, you're really good at these couple things. Or you know? like also had a hand in making the rocket
0: ship. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't have to do that. We have other people. He's, who can he's do like that. crunching
1: numbers. Like yeah. I think actually we should launch at this angle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I just, it's a testament to how his star literally cannot be dimmed. Like we follow a couple like Shohei Otani specific fan accounts on Twitter. And there's some of my favorite accounts to follow. Because they have like, you know, there's one that's like Shohei Save Us, which first of all, great <laughs> handle. I would encourage everyone to follow them. Like 150,000 followers yeah. for a account focused on this singular right.
1: baseball player. Like, I don't, I don't know. Some if, might argue most famous baseball player in the baseball world. Yeah, yeah some might.
0: I don't know. I just think it's cool. And there's a fan base out there that's about to get really lucky this offseason. And I think you should just steal yourselves for it.
1: Dude, the way that he just, what, like, now that he's not pitching anymore, but you can still just go watch him hit every day. And he's just like smoking doubles and triples mm-hmm. all over the field, spraying the ball everywhere, hitting homers still. He broke that light at City Field. And then the City Field scoreboard operator was like, We're going to send the bill to you, Mr. Yep. Otani. Like, <laughs> good bit, everybody. Nicely done. Nicely done. Seven out of 10. <laughs> Nice work. Come back next week. Uh, That's a good one. Uh, Okay. Back to our final downs. My final down, and maybe people will be surprised that it's taken us this long to say this person's name, given that they really just pulled themselves right into the center of the baseball world. Put the spotlight right on themselves. That man is named Jerry Reinsdorf, who is in a neck-and-neck race for worst baseball owner. Yeah. With Artie Moreno and John Fisher. I think that Fisher is leading right now just for, from the sheer volume of opportunity. Mm-hmm. But don't think for one goddamn second that Artie and Jerry are not watching what he's doing and yeah. trying to get that crown back.
0: Well, Jerry's a veteran in the space too. Exactly.
1: He's held he, I mean, he's held the crown at multiple points over his long and storied, mm-hmm. storied, storied career, career as a terrible yeah. owner in multiple <laughs> sports. Um, White Sox rebuild did not go well. They fired the architects of that rebuild, uh, Rick Hahn, who was the GM and president of baseball operations. I don't know if he actually had that title, but he, he was in charge of baseball. And then Ken Williams, who seemingly was like, a, you know, his title was co, co-president, vice president, something yeah, vice to that effect. Yeah, uh, He probably did the money or whatever. I don't really right. know. He did the business stuff. Right. He's the fall guy. Uh, and just for good measure, just in case you were worried that there was a, so a brain drain sending those dudes packing. Um, he did rehire Tony LaRusa as a consultant, and this is not a bit. He actually rehired Tony LaRusa as a consultant because nothing matters and nothing is real, and there's no such thing as remembering anything that has happened in the past. It's just all about surrounding yourself with guys that you like. That it. You know,
0: <laughs> we've never stopped to consider whether or not Tony LaRusa maybe just has really good vibes.
1: Jerry Reinsdorf heard Drake say no new friends, and he was like. Sounds I'm in. Like, Sounds good I'm to me. He's like, I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm with it, Aubrey. I haven't had any new ones in like 40 years. <laughs> 40 is conservative. <laughs> they were friends in like the 70s. Yeah, true. Um, I, The White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so bad that it's like almost impossible to talk about. And there are, you know, there are White Sox podcasts out there. I've been chronicling this all year. I've been wearing their hearts on their sleeves about how frustrating it is. We have many White Sox fans in the tipping pitches community in the Slack expressing their frustrations over the failures both on the field but also just the failures organizationally to just be serious about anything at any point and like competent at anything, really? Like they don't do a good job of providing access to their ballpark for fans like it's one of the most segmented ballparks where you can't get from the top deck to the bottom deck so that they can keep the poor people away from the people who have more money like it's just all in all absolutely rancid vibes and we got we got a question about i think maybe this is your final down and so i can allude to it we got a question about teams threatening to to leave and the white Sox being one of these teams saying that they can't possibly afford to renovate their stadium or build a new stadium and stay in Chicago unless they get a lot of public money to do so. And I just think a a healthier league would see the White Sox, like a marquee historic franchise, in one of the biggest baseball towns in the world. And they would say, like, I know whose fault this is. It's the guy who's been there the whole time that things have been going wrong let's maybe step in here and let's do something about this. But we have this like libertarian approach to the way teams must be run. It's like, you can't possibly ever suggest that anybody do anything uniformly or better. We just got to let guys cook on their own. And this is, I mean, this is what you get when you got a guy that doesn't know how to cook. And Jerry Ryan's Mm he is absolutely one of the most incompetent living human beings on the face of the earth.
0: I think maybe we've said this before, but, uh, I'd be in favor of term limiting owners. I yes, I agree. Like I kind of unironically, like you should have to reevaluate every so often. It's kind of like when you He's get your owned driver's the team license since like you before know, the like, internet. <laughs> like actually, like you should have to prove that like okay, explain what ops is, Jerry Reinsdorf. <laughs> you know, you have to pass <laughs> You have to pass like a baseball civics test.
1: Like the citizenship test exactly. <laughs> That's good weirdly though, I feel like he probably fucking does know what OPS is. No, I know. Ask him if he knows, like, we gotta get deeper in the weeds, you know? We gotta ask him about, like, some clause from the CBA or something like that. Right. Although he probably does care about that too. That's the thing. He's too involved. I know. I know. (laughs) I don't know what to do about that. I don't know. That's But just seeing the demoralization of White Sox fans who have had to put up with so much shit is my final down for the week. Um, I already kind of spoiled yours, but what is your final down? No,
0: I you didn't. It's a perfect segue, right? I mean, we have seen stories trickling out over the last few months about. I
1: just, I just remembered our segues idea. Remember the one that we emailed to ourselves? Alley oop segues. <laughs> <laughs> this is why they pay us the big
0: bucks. Why they do. <laughs>
1: This is a new uh, concept that Alex and I are going to be rolling out on the podcast over the next few weeks as we work through what it's going to look like. But it'll be Alioop segues where I start a sentence and he finishes the segue for me, (laughs) or vice versa. Please look forward to that. Mark that in your calendars.
0: Yeah, this is just the teaser for that. I just uh, feels like a slippery slope. You let one team decide to screw over a city and skip town so you can get a handout from another city that doesn't have a professional sports team or, or doesn't have a professional baseball team. And then every other owner wants to do the exact same thing. You know, we have the Royals at this point the the teams who are threatening to move are the A's, the Royals, the White Sox, the Brewers who are looking for renovations, but haven't ruled out a move. And... I mean,
1: the Rays are are part of that conversation. Is
0: there another team that I'm missing?
1: No, I don't. Not that comes to mind. Well, who knows? By the time this publishes, maybe two other teams. I just
0: when you have like a sixth of your league trying to move and move from cities that have played host to professional baseball for decades, yeah, decades and decades. In some cases, centuries. I just don't know how you can see that as being, like, positive for the game. Especially with Manfred's whole push to engage more people, you know, more communities. We need to do better outreach. We need to really make the game more accessible. You're about to create five... Ghost towns. Ghost town markets. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Five cities full of fans who feel spurned. Right? I just...
1: No, Alex, what you're not factoring in is that people don't care about having baseball in their lives. They care about the pitch clock. They care about the amount of time between pitches. (laughs) As long as there's less time between pitches, it doesn't matter if the team that you root for leaves your city and spurns you. This is the hilarious
0: thing is like, again, I think rule changes are still technically banned, but like people have mostly stopped talking about them because they've, supposedly followed our lead and they followed our us. lead exactly. yeah they supposedly had their intended effect whatever but like and then you're gonna turn around and rip these teams away from these fan
1: bases oh, like no, dude you're I, scooping water off the titanic with a fucking eight ounce cup <laughs> like what are we doing <laughs> um oh i guess the
0: orioles are the other team in there as well yeah sorry a fifth of the league <laughs>
1: It but they are building Right. They, they don't have enough room for the, the schools and the hospitals. You know, they need more of a rural yeah. setting. Camden Yards worked out really well. And now they're going to go the other direction. Don't go for the downtown ballpark. <laughs> go for the rural <laughs> company town. Just go for the offshore ball. You know, international <laughs> Dude, waters. yes. Great, great, great joke. That reminded me. I was going to make that same exact fucking joke <laughs> about all of these teams. <laughs> they're okay. like someone cuz someone asked us the question like where are all these teams going to go? Yeah, JP if on all, Twitter asked. Exactly. Yeah. If all five of these teams or all six of these teams are going to move, there aren't that many new cities that have viable cases, especially given the fact that, you know, in, in theory we're going to have expansion teams to expansion teams at some point in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever. Where are they going to go? Well, they're going to go to 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 big ships in international waters so that they don't have to honor the CBA or right. American laws at all. Well,
0: okay, let's take it one step further. Okay. This September, Baseball United, which is the UAE's <laughs> new baseball league, is having their draft. Let's just fast track it. John Fisher, meet... JJF John, meets yeah.
1: MBS. <laughs> right, exactly. Meet the, the blood prince. <laughs> All right, we've hit the threshold. I think we've hit the line. You <laughs> know, We found it. For the dystopian future of baseball, we walked right up to it, and mm-hmm. now we're verging on stepping past it. <laughs> you know, I could take betting, whatever. I could take the Orioles controlling public education in the state of Maryland. I can stomach that, I guess. But the Crown Prince buying all of MLB is just a frankly extremely plausible outcome for the next ten years. I know.
0: Yeah. So it's it's unclear, like if. Because this is like a, a mid east or like a middle east league that's yeah. going to be based in the UAE, so it's like unclear. I don't know. I mean, the Saudis will get their tentacles in there eventually, right?
1: That's usually how it goes. Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Tomorrow, tomorrow, the Saudis, yeah, come to Rob, yeah, and they say Rob, I like what you're doing here, I like everything that you've built Major League Baseball into. Let's say every Every team is worth two billion on average. Give or take a little couple. Yeah. That's sixty billion for all the teams. Mm-hmm. Let's say they round it out, just they pay a premium to have the whole fucking thing. We'll give you a hundred billion dollars. Every single owner cashes a check, straight cash, for three point three three billion dollars. Three billion three hundred thirty three million dollars. Yeah. What does Rob say? <laughs> Meaning, like, what does the whole league say? You know, because they would right. have to vote on it, of course. But, but what did they say? I know. Well,
0: I mean, the the way some of these owners talk, I think they would really need that money,
1: right? I, I think they would all say, say Yes. yes. <laughs> That's I mean, except for like I guess the Steinbrenners because there right. was worth, theirs is worth more, so maybe they would have to organize it so that they get a little bit more of the pie or whatever. Right? Yeah, I don't know. We'll hammer out the details later. Right. Come on, <laughs> divvy up that Just pie. Do the handshake deal. <laughs> get it done. So One hundred fifty billion. That's nothing, dude. They spent like two billion on like to eight golfers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we are so cooked. You know, the, you know this is really to close out the podcast here. Yeah, because we're going, we're going very long. You know who would throw himself in front of that deal? Who's that? Stark Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we got Joe Biden in the office, that's another reason everybody get out to vote in November. We got to vote to keep that's Joe right. back the blue, no matter who. Because if not, your favorite baseball team might get bought out by the I Crown love, Prince Mohammed <laughs> bin Salman.
0: I love that little that back the blue, no matter who. That's uh, that's good.
1: Is that not? not but it's usually say? like
0: vote blue, no matter vote who, right? <laughs> and back the blue is like. Yeah, well, it's not my. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's not a two-hour pod, but we've been recording for two more than two hours, so it's just something to chew on. You know, yeah. what would they say?
1: I think they would say yes.
0: That's yeah. Bidenomics would shut that shit down.
1: He's instantly. just a trust buster. Yeah. Trust buster, trust buster Joe.
0: Yeah. Too much Milwaukee that He'd walk into In that, that meeting.
1: He'd bust through that door like the Kool Aid man. <laughs> The Saudis and Rob he'd say, listen, Jack.
0: It's the myth of informed consent, right? <laughs> Rob Manfred, I agree. Mohammed bin Salman, I agree.
1: Dark Brandon. Joe Biden wearing aviators. <laughs> All right. I think this is our this is our cue. We gotta get, get out, out of get here. Out, Thank out. you everybody for listening uh to this nonsensical, ridiculous podcast. Um it's it's been nice coming back after three weeks feeling rested feeling relaxed excited to head through the rest of the baseball season um i if you are a a patron one of the things that you get as part of your patreon is a newsletter which is very um very late and very behind because we've been taking a couple weeks off um apologize for that that will be coming back later this week um and another thing is uh live streams of baseball games which we are planning to bring back for um Potentially in September, but definitely for the playoffs in October, at least once per round. So we're going to be rolling those back out at some point. Um, so we appreciate everybody's patience. We appreciate everybody's support, as always. Uh, if you would like to sign up for the Patreon support what we do here, uh, it is patreon.com slash pitches. There's three different tiers. Check that out. Um, they get you various different things. Um, and just as a, a heads up, you know, we started the Patreon at the beginning of last year. It has it's been largely unchanged since we started it in the structure and the format and stuff and what we offer at each tier. But um we are going to take stock of what the Patreon different tiers offer at some point during this off season. And so we will likely uh refresh it in a way that is uh, more beneficial to um to you guys who are signed up for it. So uh just know that we are considering that and thinking about that and you know, hopefully are going to be providing a little bit more um of a like direct reciprocation of the support that we've been getting on Patreon because it has been um so overwhelming and extremely humbling, so thank you to everybody for all of the support. I believe that is all of the um <laughs> serious hosting I have to do at the end of this <laughs> just frankly unserious outrageous. ridiculous outrageous podcast that we just recorded. Is there anything else that you would like to add for people uh Zach Galloff for MVP.
0: Let's go. That's kind of that's kind of it. That's the only thing that's occupying my brain
1: space. Back A's back. Back. If they win out, they could finish ten games under. Exactly. <laughs> Which is right where everyone thought they'd be. Mets are in last right now. I know that's really tough for me to swallow. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back.